I think that when an affair happens, it's useful to think of an ending happening and to do that ending like with some sort of ritual. And often the ritual is coming to therapy and talking about the things and packing them back up. But it's really important that you share at least some of the narrative. You never have to agree on all the things. That's not the point. But to have some shared understanding of what have we co-created here? What have we experienced together? And how do we decide, again, like this kind of idea of a crossroads, like what do we decide to do next? Do we decide to um, recommit to the relationship and have it in a different form? Or do we decide that too much hurt has happened? ones. This week on the podcast I'm talking about a tender question I sometimes get and that is can relationships survive an affair? So come and have a listen. It's a complex one. So this is a complex one and a question I get asked from time to time and it's about affairs and I think it's a question that Oof, get my yeah, my heart really in my throat about it because I think sometimes people are just asking for reassurance or they're asking for hope or they're asking for my opinion and the answer never really matters. It's the the asking I think that is important. And they're asking, can relationships survive an affair? So the short answer is yes. But it's not an it's not a passive survival. It's not something that just happens sometimes, that it's a deeply active decision and ongoing commitment. But yes, it absolutely is possible. Maybe also to say that my like to give you my lens on this, because that's always relevant. So I believe in freedom and in safety and in choice. And so I don't believe that it's important to stay together at all costs. I think that life is short. And if you are in a deeply unhappy relationship, you might need help to get out of it. Or you might have needed a reason to behave in a particular way because you felt you couldn't just leave a relationship. I also feel that human beings are capable of so much contradiction. And so I feel that even with the sort of the goal of safety and freedom, that we can still live inside relationships that all the various parts don't quite add up and that can still feel safe to certain people. And so, yes, it is absolutely a possibility from my lens, depending on what your beliefs are in terms of religion, in terms of spirituality, you may hold different views and that is totally fine. So the point of this episode is not to convince anybody of anything. The point of this episode is to give you places to start thinking about how this might look in your relationship, if this is relevant to you, or to begin to process, you know, people around you's decision. I think it can be quite difficult for people and families and friends of people who had affairs, and that that can sometimes be more difficult for the people not in the relationship to accept moving forward than it is for the people within the relationship because they have choice and perspective and have all the information and people outside of the relationship might not have that and might just see it in a more sort of black and white way of like this was a 
a cruel thing or this behavior is unacceptable or whatever their lens is. So yes, it's sometimes difficult to process other people's experiences of affairs and this might be useful to you in that sense. So one of the main things we talk about when there's been an affair is about safety. So how can you build or recover a sense of safety with each other? And that, of course, is for the person who was in the relationship and their partners had an affair. Of course, that's the sort of obvious way. But sometimes it's also that there hasn't been safety and the the affair is a symptom of that. This is not a pass for for having an affair, but I think that one one of my like really deeply held beliefs is that if you spend enough time with anybody, you will understand where they've got to or how they've got to where they are. You may not like it, you may not agree with it, you may have all sorts of feelings about it, but my yeah really firmly held belief is that eventually you will get it and you'll see how they got there. And so sometimes when we're thinking about that in the therapy space of how did you get there how did this happen how did this how did this feel like the only option for you as opposed to leaving the relationship or saying this is what I'm planning on doing or what made it difficult for you not to do the thing not to have the affair what was the what was the need was there something to do with regulation was there something to do with escape was there something to do with loneliness? Whatever it is. And again, as always, it can be just thousands of different things stacked up together. And so I want to know about safety. How can we establish safety in the couple again or begin to build it? So it's not just an overnight thing where you decide to be safe. Our bodies will be reeling from an experience like this and that will take time. But sometimes you can have a decision around what you're going to do in a relationship and say, okay, we're going to commit to staying in this relationship for now, build the safety and and see where that takes us because sometimes it's not clear in the beginning. And sometimes people get to a place of feeling generally kind of okay with each other, safe with each other, feelings of warmth are returning. And then they still decide, actually, I this relationship has ended for me in a particular way. Another thing that we'll talk about often in the case of an affair is forgiveness. And forgiveness for me is like a flag around, in the same way as communication is, that couples will come in and say, we want to talk about communication. Forgiveness is another one of those things. It can mean almost anything. And because of our lens around forgiveness, what our beliefs are around forgiveness, that will mean something totally different to like all three of us in the room. And so part of the work there is to discuss what what do you mean by forgiveness like what would that look like and equally it can be different depending on the person asking for it or the person um like asking to be forgiven or the person deciding to forgive sometimes it can be a distraction so sometimes it can be it's like an impossible point at which people wait to meet and then they'll recommit to the relationship so sometimes it can be about that but yeah it is not always a useful goal in the sense that it is almost a meaningless goal because we don't often share the same meaning behind our words, even particularly for something as big as forgiveness. So what someone might be saying, and I'll try to get them to say these things, not just for me to to kind of read them to myself. So people might be saying, I don't want you to talk to me about this thing again. It Affairs can be really shame inducing because of the social stigma around them. 
And so sometimes when people are asking for forgiveness, they're asking for silence. They're asking for, I don't want to be confronted with this thing again. Sometimes they're saying something different around, I want you to hold me in high regard. People will talk about that you look at me in a different way. And I think what they're saying in those moments is, I don't feel that you hold me in high regard. So sometimes the request is about that. Sometimes people are saying to their partners, I want you to absolve me. I want you to like take this away. And that can be really common because sometimes an affair is an escape. So it's easier to have an affair than to have the uncomfortable relationship, like feelings and experiences. And so those people also might ask to be absolved and almost like begging partners to please yeah, forgive them. And that sort of texture and quality is is often what people are asking for. Sometimes people are just saying out loud that they are tormented by what's happened, that they're in distress about their behavior or they just don't understand how they how they had got there. So yeah, when someone is offering or withholding forgiveness, because this is often a pattern as well, sometimes it can feel to a person who feels powerless in their relationship that this is their last kind of corner of power. And so sometimes it's used as a taunt but not often in a cruel way, often just as in, I want to draw you back in, and this seems like the only way I know how. Sometimes it can be kind of threatening, saying, unless you do X or don't do Y, I will hold this just out of your reach. Sometimes it's a desperate kind of questioning around, am I enough? Like, am I safe with you? Are you, will you love me in a way that feels respectful and safe again? And so sometimes, yeah, it's a kind of questioning and an, an extension of like some really tender part of people that are saying, am I safe? What, like, how do we go on from here? I think that when an affair happens, it's useful to think of an ending happening and to do that ending like with some sort of ritual and often the ritual is coming to therapy and talking about the things and packing them back up but it's really important that you share at least some of the narrative you never have to agree on all the things that's not the point but to have some shared understanding of what have we co-created here what have we experienced together and how do we decide again like this kind of idea of a crossroads like what do we decide to do next do we decide to um, recommit to the relationship and have it in a different form or do we decide that too much hurt has happened and and sometimes it's not even about the affair so sometimes the work will then go back to all the things that were happening before the affair because the affair is always a like a symptom of something else and so often we'll get to the things that they've been avoiding with the affair and talk a little bit about what felt lacking or what felt disconnected or what felt shaming whatever it is and sometimes that can be a healthy closing or ending to that relationship and the couple decides they move on they're no longer together but yeah you just don't want it to be a kind of severing again you just want it to be what are the ways look, what are the things we take with us from this relationship what are the things we grieve and say goodbye to and then how do we start again and often we'll start in kind of really surprising ways I think it's also important to think of any process like this which is deeply emotional as cyclical rather than linear and so there will be kind of feelings and experiences you cycle through and then cycle through again and so that's totally normal if you've 
decided upon something or you feel as if you've let something go and then you're back in it again. And that's how we grieve. That's how we experience loss. And so that is absolutely normal and nothing to worry about. But as long as you keep that dialogue and that kind of narrative going and make enough space for revisiting, that revisiting isn't a way to shame, but it's that, okay, what are you needing to process here? What do you want to talk about again? Or are you using this because you're angry and you can't say that? So it'll be those kind of quite nuanced bits of work to do after that, but it's definitely not linear and it takes a long time. And equally, humans are capable of so much, um, of living with so much contradiction. We do live with so much contradiction kind of every single day. And this is another kind of beautiful way that that's possible. So yes, there is hope in these situations, but it's not an easy or sudden kind of fix. Okay, lovely ones. Have a good week. I'll speak to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Instagram at grounded underscore families. You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care.